The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. When you talk to technologists and you talk to people in the cell phone industry, they say, oh, 5G, it's so good. And you say, why? And they say, oh, self-driving cars and other la-la things. But I think what we're seeing, Victor Homoswana, the author of a book called Africa Bounces Back, is that certainly when it comes to mining in Africa, 5G is proving to be quite useful. Good evening, Bruce. You know, when 5G was first punted, remember during COVID that it was going to be the end, it was going to be doomsday as we know it, and be careful, this is good. It's exactly proving MTN, which has proven that Africa and other emerging markets can be good hunting ground with all the risks, have now taken 5G into mining. And think about it. You've covered business a long time. The injuries, the fatalities, sending people into dangerous places to work. All these things will be a lot easier if you can deploy technology ahead of human beings and make sure that you can see around bends that you don't need to always use people to go into dangerous and you can reduce the level of risk, you can reduce fatalities, but you can also get to improve, Bruce, the geophysicals, the the surveying and all that. That's where MTN is wanting to deploy this. And because it's present in countries, large economies like Nigeria, it's going to be able to be getting ahead. It will be between it and companies like Globacom out there and Vodafone and what, but it's already got the edge, at least on the African continent. And that's the beauty of technology. You can always put it to good use if you understand how. And just like MTN led in venturing into markets, although it got whipped in some of them, it is going to lead on this one. And because mining in Africa is still not a sunset industry, it is going to be a very good area to which they can, in which they can deploy 5G technology. Okay, good. We hope so. Um, we need all the help we can get. Talking about our BP and investing $1.5 billion in Egypt. Now, that's so interesting because Egypt has had a currency crisis, which has um, come to the fore once again fairly recently. But BP is taking a look at Egypt and saying, right, it's time to start exploring that part of the world looking for fossil fuels. If you are BP or Total Energies, and I'm sure you've seen Total going all over the African continent, including Mozambique, and if you are BP, Bruce, you are into the consumer markets. And Egypt is a large consumer market. It's got 100 plus million people. It's in the top three African economies. It's a frontier economy because it connects the Middle East to Africa, North Africa, and because it's part of Comesa as well, it's going to give them access into a whole lot of other markets the East Coast, in the Mediterranean area, and because of the Middle Eastern link that I mentioned, is very well positioned. Egypt is a fast-growing economy, make no mistake. The currency crisis in emerging markets will always be an issue, but it doesn't stop the growth, it doesn't stop potential. But most of all, Bruce, when I look at the, I remember the BRICS equation. Remember the, what BRICS, the BRICS with the five additional countries, Ethiopia, Egypt, wherever, whichever market you are in, even with the saber rattling between Egypt and Ethiopia over the River Nile and the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, being in Egypt is a very good position, vantage spot to be in relative to the rest of the commercial market. And Egypt, Sudan, South Sudan, Ethiopia, all that is where Egypt will be going in. BP will be going in. They are going into exploration yet 
1.5 billion dollars but they've invested tens of billions already over the past few decades so it's not like it's virgin territory they're just realizing that just as they might have thought africa is done and over and done with there's still so many potential areas of investment including petroleum we are talking just transition but still there are fossil fuels that need to be explored and even though the transition will eventually happen they still want to exploit the fossil fuels that are there of course they also have technology green technologies this bp and when time comes they'll be well positioned to take advantage of that transition as well um, I mean, if my memory serves, Victor Khomaswana, just remind me about this. There was a time where you were in the cement making business. Um, and we, we know that, um, um, the cement making business has, has got ebbs and flows. Certainly in Nigeria, the cement making yeah. business is enormous and it is dominated by the figure of Africa's richest man, Aliko Dangote. But Nigerians yeah. are actually getting nailed on the price of cement at the moment. What's happening in that market? Exactly. Just to give people an indication, and you're right, I used to sell investment in in cement, not necessarily. I never. I was hopeless <sighs> when it comes to the industrial side. But yes, yes, I took some cement companies into the continent. We couldn't get into Nigeria because at the time, was in cement. The production of one of Nagota's factories, in just one of them, was greater than all of South Africa's cement manufacturers combined at that time. Now, the problem, the reason there is, the, the, the bag of 50 kilogram bag has gone to about 10,500 naira, and that's the equivalent of 120 rand, just for illustration. And it suddenly went up, Bruce, because of many reasons, but most of all, the government of Nigeria has been talking about building concrete highways. And you know what that means? Although they have a lot of capacity and they have tens of millions of houses in backlog, I think 50 million backlog houses that they need to build, at least more than 30 million houses they have to build as a backlog. Even though they are all the cement companies, not just Dangote, there's another one called Abua Group, which produces cement. Because of the government saying we want to build concrete highways, that demand has suddenly moved. There was already a shortage of capacity, but now that government is saying we're going to buy more cement to build highways I think the people who have the cement say let's make the most of it while we can it's just an equation demand and supply as I look at it they are aware that the demand is going to be much higher it will maybe help them in the short term of course but if they want the economy to grow the unions are getting in and saying you have to intervene as the government we can't be growing the economy when cement the basic ingredient of construction and all infrastructure is so expensive but for now yes it's been an exponential growth to just over 20 rent a 50 kilogram bag. Um, the economy in Nigeria um, it, it, it ebbs and flows, of course. Um, yeah. And I, I'm wondering what the status is in that country, broadly speaking, in, yeah. I don't know, in 60 seconds. Inflation. <laughs> Inflation is at the 20-year high. The currency, hard currency, is in short supply. You might remember the Emirates Airlines and lots of other airlines being unable to repatriate earnings, let alone repatriate earnings, just being unable to collect on those people who owe the money. Their debtors are not able to pay because they can't raise the forex. And, of course, you still have the Boko Haram situation, although it's dire as it is. But at, at, the, at the center of it, to remember... Two weeks ago, Gotes refinery started producing oil. So in the midst of all this crisis, Nigeria is in a big crisis. 
there is that opportunity. Dangote launched the largest refinery in the Southern Hemisphere with the latest technology. And you are going to see Nigeria cutting all those fuel pump queues that have made it a nightmare to drive in that city. So it is exactly the best and the worst of times in Nigeria. But for people like Dangote who are investing, it's the best time to invest. Victor Homaswana, thank you very much, Victor. Our Africa Business Report, uh, of course, on the Money Show.